Alrighty, guys, what is going on? Welcome back to the Eric Roberts Fitness Podcast and or welcome to the Eric Roberts Fitness Podcast. I know we're having a uh, a bit of new listeners joining, so if you are new listening, uh, welcome. I hope you're doing well. One one quick note actually just randomly came into my mind I want to say on that is uh, if if you've been following me for any length of time now, like and, and for those who are new listening, you can go back and look at the podcast I've been doing since like over a year now you can go back and look at the instagram posts i've been doing you can go back and look at you know the the articles and whatever it was and the reason i'm saying this is because not only within the past i'd say three months two to three months are people are 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 new people am i actually starting to reach new people like i I i've been doing this podcast for over a year and I didn't, you know, it was, it's been amazing, you know, I love doing it, so I, I just kept doing it, but nobody was really listening, and I don't want to say nobody was listening, but like, I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't reaching new people kind of like how, I don't even want to say I'd hoped to, but I, I don't know, what I'm, what I'm getting at is, I've been putting a lot of work and effort into this for a while, and the reason I'm saying this is because now all of a sudden, there's been a few things that have happened that, you know, luckily I was able to get on TikTok and luckily I was able to find, you know, you just, just kind of speak my voice and just kind of, you know, that, that's been a blessing definitely in itself. But the whole point of this is being that relating back to you and your fitness journey, man, like sometimes it just takes time. Like sometimes things have to happen. Sometimes you have to go through those times of, you know, I'd put a podcast up and I don't, I mean, to this day, I, I've said this before in different podcasts, I, I don't know how many people listen to the podcast, so it's kind of like, I, I don't even know how I can kind of say nobody was listening, because I really have no clue how many people were listening, but I'm just going off feedback of people, uh, people emailing me and people messaging me and people, you know, commenting and those kind of things, but uh, but yeah, the, the point is, sometimes you just have to put the work, like, you just have to put the work in without anybody else seeing, without anyone else knowing, without, you know, getting an automatic return on your investment and delayed gratification is something that I am beyond big on, especially for those of you who are looking to succeed in your fitness journey. Because if you if you do not practice and do not value delayed gratification, you will you will always succumb to the instant gratification which 9.9 times out of 10 is not the way to go. Because that's that's normally leading you to making decisions based upon your emotion rather than being based upon what is actually going to be the best for you. Like, for example, like if I was, let, let's just, if I was only doing this for money, let's just say, that's not the reason at all I'm doing it, but let's just say that was the reason I was doing this podcast is like, you know, get sponsored one day and make money. Like, I would have quit a year ago because that was not happening. Like it's the same thing with you and your fitness journey. If you're looking to lose 15 pounds in a month or 20 pounds in a month, you are going to quit because that's not going to happen. And even if it does happen, you're not going to be able to keep that up every single month. So you're going to think you're doing something wrong. And like, you know, you're putting in all this effort, but you're not seeing the automatic return on your investment. So you're going to quit. So what I'm saying is value the fact that sometimes you just, not sometimes, all the time. If you want to be successful in this journey, you have to just keep putting in the work. You have to just keep, you know, doing what is right, even though you don't get an automatic return on your investment and an automatic gratification. Practicing delayed gratification is something I'm big on, and it's worked 
when in every single aspect of my life, delayed gratification has been by far the most important thing for me. And I just want to push it. I don't know. I want to say push it on you, but I just want to put it in your brain to kind of think about as you go through your journey, not only in your fitness, but in life in general. So that's my little four minute rant there. Um, so getting to the podcast today, um, it's going to be a Q and a, I am liking doing these Q and a's actually. Um, so let's just dive right in. I've rambled enough. Um, first one is going to be, uh, importance of protein on a diet and how much you should be eating. Um, and I've gotten a few questions on these via, uh, like Instagram or, or email. And so I want to first talk about the importance of protein on a diet. Um, and then, and then I, and then I will talk about, um, how much you should be having. So first and foremost, the importance of protein on a diet, when you are in a calorie deficit, you are obviously trying to eat less calories than what your body burns or, you know, burn more calories than you're eating, whatever way you want to look at it. I like to look at it in the way of you eat less calories than your body burns because, you know, the saying, the, the, the truth is it takes you 50 minutes to burn 500 calories. It takes you five minutes or less to eat 500 calories. So I think of it as eating less calories than what your body burns. But either way, um, there's a few benefits and a few important factors that come into play. The first things first is it is going to keep you full. The The higher the protein in your diet, the more satiated you will be. And satiated just means, you know, how full and how satisfied your body is. If, you're, if your diet can be mainly protein, high protein, anywhere from, well, we'll talk about that later, but if, if your diet is high protein, you're going to stay full. And if you stay full, one of the, there's, there's two big reasons that people go off a diet. And that is they, you, you either get tired or you get hungry. So hungry, if you're, if you're full constantly because you're having high protein, you're obviously going to be less hungry. If you're less hungry, you can stick to your diet better. If you stick to your diet better, you're going to see better results. All because you are able to stick to that calorie deficit, stick to your diet because you're not so ravenously hungry. If you're, you know, if, if, and here's the thing. And I've said this before, some hunger on a diet is normal. That is, that is to be expected, and that is almost a prerequisite for you to get lean, right? And on a scale of one to ten, I'm talking like anywhere from two to five max. Like you should not be any hunger and any higher than a five or six on the hunger scale, because then you're just again, the higher that that number goes, the more unsustainable that diet's going to be, and the more unsustainable it is, the more you're going to you know go off track and binge and and not be consistent and eat things here and there without even really realizing it. That's one big thing is when when your hunger sets in like that, you are much more likely to eat things here and there without tracking, without realizing, just because you're fucking hungry. So you got to eat something and you just kind of keep going. So it's very easy to do that not track it, think you're eating 1,200 calories, and then you're not actually eating 1,200 calories because you're snacking on things because you're so ravenously hungry, right? So that's 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 the first thing. And I ask every single one of my clients this, and if you're my client listening, you'll you'll know. Like I always ask like how, you know, what, what have your hunger, lo- hunger levels been? How hungry are you? Those kind of things because that can be an indicator like, you know, either, hey, you are in a, in a good amount of a deficit, either you are in a, in a, in a deficit, you're going to see weight loss, or like you might not be eating the exact amount you've been eating and this then that's happened a few times uh recently actually within this past couple weeks but uh rambling now either way back to protein you can stay full the the more full you are the better you're going to stick to your diet you're not going to go off because you're starving um the next thing is going to be there's something called tef and what this is is it's the thermic effect of food and basically what this means is the thermic effect of food is what your body has to do to digest that nutrient so protein 
has the highest thermic effect of food. So what this means is the, the nutrient protein, the macronutrient protein, your body has to work harder to digest it than it would if you had carbs or fats. And this is just because, again, like protein has a high thermic effect of food. So if you're – which just means, again, your body has to burn more calories to, di to digest protein than it would to digest carbs or fats. So if protein has a high thermic effect of food and you're having a lot of protein, that means your body's burning extra calories throughout the day just because you're having higher protein. And, and again – this adds up over a period of one week, one month, three months, six months, nine months. Like you having a higher thermic effect of food by eating higher protein, those calories you have to burn to digest protein are going to add up long term. And like, again, that's how you can kind of have these little hacks, little little tricks to help you along the way with your diet. Because again, just having high protein, like cool, have high protein, your body's going to burn more calories just to digest it. Is it, is it anything crazy? No, but does it make a difference? added up over a long period of time yes absolutely so uh yeah that's that's another huge benefit of protein on diet um the next one is going to be it's the only nutrient that lets you build and maintain lean muscle mass and especially when you're going into a calorie deficit this is important because it what what people normally try to do is they try to go on the lowest amount of calories possible and lose the fastest lose the most amount of weight the fastest possible that is such an awful strategy for so many reasons, but referring to protein, protein, like I just said, keeps, builds and maintains lean muscle mass. So if you're on your diet and you're only eating 50, 60, 70 grams of protein because your calories are only 1,000, well, you not only, yeah, if, 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 quote unquote, if you stick to it, you're going to see weight loss, but you're also going to see, fat, you're going to see muscle loss. And if you see muscle loss, the more lean muscle tissue you have on your body, the higher your metabolism is. That is just a fact. Your, your body has to, muscle requires more oxygen to get pumped to it. So if you have more lean muscle mass in your body, your body has to pump more oxygen to your muscles. If your body has to pump more oxygen to your muscles, that means it has more work to do. More work in this sense is more calorie burn. So again, all in all, if you have more lean muscle mass, you're gonna have a higher calorie burn. And this also goes back to, you can have more food without gaining weight. And again, this is why building lean muscle mass is so incredibly beneficial to anybody looking to improve their physique, lose weight, whatever it is. But going back to it, the higher protein, you can keep and maintain lean muscle mass. This is gonna keep your metabolism high during your diet. And the higher your metabolism is during your diet, the better results you are going to see. So coupled with, you know, like I just said, thermic effective food, your body can have a higher thermic effective food, so you burn more calories, and also your body can keep lean muscle mass, which is going to burn more calories. So by you having this high protein diet, you are going to, you're going to aid in your in your weight loss journey so much more, all because you're taking these extra steps to have a high protein diet, right? So, and think think about it like this again. Like I talked about really really low calorie diets. When you're doing such low calorie diets, you are at the risk of losing muscle mass because your body has to, it has to find energy. And, and this is a good kind of segue into a, a, a separate topic. But when you lose the fat off your body, it doesn't just disappear. Your body uses it as energy. It, it, oxidizes, it oxidizes it as energy. So you want to make sure that your body is keeping lean muscle mass and burning fat, not just burning muscle, right? So 
you want to keep your protein high to maintain because again protein is the only nutrient that maintains lean muscle mass so you want to keep your protein high to maintain your lean muscle mass so your body goes to your stored fat for energy usage not your muscle mass because again this is all an energy balance equation this is calories in versus calories out and that is just energy in versus energy out your body has to find energy from somewhere so as opposed to going to your muscle source for energy you want it to go to your stored fat source for energy so this is again why protein is so important on a diet all right so that is my protein spiel. How much you should be eating? I would do anywhere between point, point 0.7, but anywhere between 0.7 and 1 times your body weight in protein. So if you weigh, you know, 150, take whatever 150 times 0.8 is. I don't know what that is. 120. I don't, know. I don't know. I'm not going to do the math right here on the spot for you guys. I think it might be 120, actually. Either way, anywhere between 0.7 and 1 times it by your body weight. That's how much protein you should be eating for the day. Okay, so. That is that on protein. The next one, we're going to talk about warm-ups. And uh, I'm going to cover a few different things on warm-ups here, actually. Um, the first one, like, what should a warm-up, quote-unquote, look like? And, like, when you think about warm-up, you probably think, like, doing some fucking arm circles or, like, you know, swinging your legs back and forth. and Or you probably think stretching, which <sighs> I don't want to say stretching is bad because it's not, it's not necessarily bad, but it's not going to do as much as you probably think it's going to do like people especially for like any aches or pains or tightness like people are so quick to go to like stretching to like you know relieve a tight muscle a quote-unquote tight muscle that's just not the way to do it because long term you're you're not changing anything you're just stretching something like you're just elongating the muscle like you're not getting it there there's a reason your muscle keeps getting tight a, a, a tight muscle is a weak muscle if your hip flexors keep getting tight you have weak hip flexors. If your glutes keep getting tight, like, or if your if your hip flexors keep getting tight, your glutes may be weak, so your your hip flexors have to overdo the work. So like, stretching and strengthening are two different things. And I always, from everything I've learned, from everything I've seen, I've always leaned towards more of the strengthening side. Like stretching, yeah, like cool, get more. There's a difference between active range of motion and passive range of motion. Like, for example, if you're laying on the ground and you bring your knee to your chest, with you know, just, just laying on the ground, bring your knee to your chest, that's your active range of motion. If you then lay on the ground, bring your knee to your chest, wrap your hands around your knee, and then pull your knee closer to your chest, that's your passive range of motion, right? So one is your body's capability to do something without assistance. Then the other is you using assistance to, to bring your knee closer to your chest. When you're doing a, a squat, when you're doing a deadlift, whatever it is, that is that, that's the same when you're, when you're doing a squat that's the same motion you're you know bringing your knee to your chest that's the same motion as a squat except you don't have your hands to pull your knee closer to your chest you only have your body so this passive range of motion is cool but it's not really useful when you get into extra like actual exercising so again leading this back to what i normally do for every single one of my clients and whether you know every single one of them will tell you this I have some sort of a warm-up, but that warm-up looks like active mobility or activation. And what this is, like, for example, activation, and I, I'm going to go over a few over here right now. If you are doing a upper body workout um, and you're doing a, <clears throat> a push-up or a chest press or an overhead press, you want to activate the muscles that are going to help you do that movement. And oftentimes than not, it's the antagonist muscles. So what this means is like, you know, if, if your chest is the primary muscle group, if you know, on the front of your body, 
the antagonist is your back of your body. So those are your, you know, the, the back of your shoulders. So before you go and do a bench press, before you go and do an overhead press, you want to warm up your upper back muscles, right? Like that is going to help stabilize your shoulders to help you do a chest press better. Because if you think about it, a chest press is really like the, the opposite of a row, right? If, if you're doing a bent over row, you're squeezing your shoulder blades together. Uh, a chest press is the op- is almost like the, the opposite of a row because you're pulling those dumbbells into your body or, or a push-up. You're, you're, you're pulling yourself into the ground, right? It's not just pushing. It's like you're actually pulling yourself into the ground, squeezing your shoulder blades, and then pushing back up. So what you need to do is activate the muscles you're about to work. So again, if you're doing it, let's just say you're doing a bench press. Something I love is band pull-aparts. If you, if you get one of those resistance bands, you hold your arms out in front of you and you pull the band apart. That warms up the back of your shoulder muscles. That is going to be beneficial for any type of either, whether it's whether you're working your back, whether you're doing push-ups, whether you're doing chest press, pull-ups, whatever it is, you're activating those muscles. You're, you're getting those muscles working. Because if you just go like stretch a little bit, jump right into your workouts, your muscles have not been warmed up. Like your, your joints are not warmed up. The, the muscles around your joints are not warmed up. What you need to do is activate the muscles around whatever area you're about to work. So if you're doing a lower body workout, for example, and you're doing squats, one thing I love doing is if you, if you get some activation through your hamstrings, that is going to help you get lower in your squat. That is going to help you get deeper in your squat. That's going to help you have a more strong, powerful squat. So you can do like uh, like a Swiss ball hamstring curl where you lay on your back, put your heels on top of a, of a yoga ball and curl in and bring your knees to your chest. Like that is activating your hamstrings. That's warming your hamstrings up. You don't have to go to failure. You don't have to like, you know, completely thrash your hamstrings. But Warm up, like warm the muscles up, get your muscles working, feel some blood flowing in there, feel a little bit of a pump. Okay, cool. Then go into your workout because if you're just going into your workout with, with cold, with cold muscles, you haven't warmed anything up, like they're not activated. So things aren't going to fire as they should. And the better you can get things firing into your workout, the better it's going to be. And the less time you'll have to spend quote unquote warming up because things are already warm. Let's go. Like you, you did, you know, two sets of, you know, band pull parts and you did two sets of hamstring curls, whatever it is. Cool. Boom. Your muscles are waked up. Let's go. Like, let's go, let's go get into it. Um, so that's kind of what I think as far as warm ups. on top of that, I also like doing some type of core work before your warm up. I mean, before your workout and this could be something as simple as doing a plank or doing a side plank or doing some leg lifts or doing whatever it is. Some type of like intentional core work I think is – I've just seen be beneficial because your core is involved in everything you do, like stabilizing your spine. Everything you do somehow, some way, you're probably going to have to stabilize your spine. So I like doing some core work before you warm out – before you work out and again like – if you have a structured plan, you'll know, like, you know, before my upper body day, I do this warm up before my lower body day. I do this warm up before my full body day. I do this warm up, um, whatever it is. So that's kind of my thoughts on a warm up. I would focus more on activating muscles and, you know, getting some kind of range of motion, taking your joints through a full range of motion, not just like, let me foam roll my glutes. Like, cool, but what are you actually doing? Like that, you're not, you're not making your body do anything. You're doing something to your body. You need to make your body do something for you as opposed to just laying on a foam roller. That does not, again, that's passive. That is doing something to your body. You're not, you're not making your body do something. You're just laying there and and laying on the ground. Like what is going to be better? You doing a glute bridge or you laying on the ground on a foam roller? 
Like your body has to, has to actually work to do a glute bridge. Like you just lay in a foam roller to roll your glutes out. Like so, those are two completely different things. And again, I always lean towards more the side of doing something to your doing something that makes your body do something, not doing something to your body. I hope that makes sense. Um, and then very quickly on top of that, warm up sets. Um, please don't just go into your workouts and just like not do any warm up sets. I, this is just not small. Like, for example, if, if I'm like right now, I'm trying to deadlift next week, I'll probably do 475 for <laughs> hopefully five. But I'm not just going to go do my, you know, five minute warm up and then go straight to 475 on the bar. Like, I'm going to do 135. I'm going to do 225. I'm going to do 315. I'm going to do 365. I'm going to do 405. I'm going to do 465. And all those sets are there. I'm not you know, taking those sets to failure, like 135, I'm doing three reps, 225, I'm doing two reps, you know, 315, I'm doing two rep, one rep, 365, one rep, 405, one rep, 465, one rep, like, I'm working my way up, I'm nowhere going to failure, I'm just making sure that everything feels good, I'm not just like, oh, okay, I'm supposed to do 465, let's go, like, you need to have some warm-up sets, because it, again, if you try to go straight to your max, excuse me, max top set without warming up the movement, you're going to get injured. That's just the bottom line. Like sooner or later, you're going to get injured. So yeah, those are warm up sets. And again, there's a difference between warm up sets and working sets. Warm up sets are again just like I said. If you're doing a, a 405 deadlift, you can do 135 for three, 225 for two, you know, 315 for one, 365 for one. Like those are warm up sets. But then you do 405 for three sets of five. Those are your those are your working sets. So don't get confused with warm up sets and working sets. When on a program, if you're if you're reading your program, if it says you know do squats for three sets of ten, those three sets of ten are your working sets. But you should still 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 have some warm up sets before then. Again, just like warming your muscles up, going through the movement, getting the movement down. So um, that's my in depth warm up analysis for you. Um, don't know how many people actually wanted or needed that, but uh, but yeah, that's my uh, that's my thing. Um, Cool. The next one is going to be just something I see people struggle with and I do get questions on, but how to, how to not feel guilty if you go off track on your diet. Um, and there's so many things that go into this, but what I'll say is you have to remember, like, if you are, if you are dr like driving home and you, you miss an exit, you're not going to feel like you're a failure. You're not going to feel like you, you know, you you fucked everything up. You're not going to feel like you're 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 a POS. You're just gonna be like, okay, I gotta take the next exit and like get home. Like, so you don't need to feel like when you go quote unquote off track on your diet, you're a failure or you mess something up. Like because it's just not that big of a deal. And this leads into like if you are if if you are on a diet. That is so over restrictive that you feel like you messed up. Like if you feel like you have a certain food or you, you know, you have something where you messed up. That diet is not going to last long term. So you need to get, you need to get on a different diet. And like, I don't even, so many people say this, but I don't like the word diet, but like it, it's a diet is just what you eat in a day. So like, that's what I'm referring to. But like, if you're on, you know, one of these one of these absurd diets where you only eat 800 calories like Octavia, like, oh my God, if you, <laughs> this was such an interesting thing I saw. Like I made one post about, I don't know, I, forget, I even forget what it was. It wasn't, it was like, this is past week. I made something about Octavia. If you go look at the post, you'll see like 
the Octavia goons are just on me, man. Like, they are going for my head. And it's funny. I know why. Because that Octavia thing is like a pyramid scheme. So, like, you know, if if you get into it and you're a quote-unquote coach, if you get other quote-unquote coaches under you, you're going to make more money for marketing. So, like, yeah, they're trying to push all these products and they're trying to push their program because these quote-unquote coaches who, by the way, have no fucking experience coaching people or have no formal education in coaching or training or nutrition, they're just a coach because they joined some fucking pyramid scheme. God, it makes me angry because it really just sets people up for a bad thing. Like, and any any good coach knows this. Like, coaching is an art. Like, coaching is is not just here's your workout plan, here's your here's your calories, go have fun. Like, coaching real individuals is something you have to practice and you have to learn. You have to actually be a coach, not just somebody who's a fucking marketer for some pyramid scheme. Like, God, that pisses me off. Um, I don't even know where I'm going with this. Um, oh yeah, okay, so. Again, if, if you're on one of these Octavia diets or whatever it is where, like, you can only eat 800 calories a day and you have to eat six meals a day and you can't eat out and you can't do this and that, like, of course you're going to go off your diet because there's no way in hell you can sustain that. And I, I made a post actually today I'm talking about you, you need to find a diet that fits around your life, not trying to fit your life around a diet. Because all these diets out there, whether it's Octavia, whether it's keto, whether it's whatever it is, they do not have you in mind. They don't give a shit about you. They don't care what your favorite foods are. They don't care what your schedule is like. They don't care if you like to eat four times a day. They don't care if you like to eat breakfast. They don't give a shit. This is just some random diet you're trying to follow. You are trying to fit yourself in a mold of this diet where this diet does not give a shit about you. You need to start trying to fit your life around a diet. And again, a diet, quote unquote, is just what foods you eat in a day. If you enjoy eating breakfast, you don't have to do fasting. If you enjoy having three meals a day, well, then Octavia is not going to work for you with six meals a day with 800 calories. Like start figuring out how you can fit your lifestyle around a diet, not trying to mold to some whatever diet that you think you're going to lose the most weight by, um, uh, again, maybe getting off track, but this this all leads into you not feeling guilty if you go off track with your diet because, again, if your diet is that restrictive where you have to quote unquote keep going off track, you need to think about what you're doing. Like you need to you need to seriously consider like what what am I trying to do? If I'm if I'm trying to only eat 1,200 calories, probably not the best idea. Like probably make a diet change. Probably bump your calories up to be more consistent because if you just keep going off track with your diet and you just keep feeling like shit, then this cycle of you being good for four days and then going off track and then saying, fuck this the whole weekend. And then that cycle repeats itself back and forth. You're not going to see any progress anyway. So 1200 calories is not smart for you Just change something up. Like it's and again, like I had a, so my, my 90 day fat loss challenge, there's, there's a, there's an incredible, incredible woman in there who, who, I'm hoping to get her on the podcast. Hopefully, we'll see. I asked her, and we'll we'll see if she's uh, see if she's willing. But she had a great a great story. She's lost like I think 14 pounds in 30 days, and she did not do anything crazy. And I can I'll there's there's a there's I make her use a calendar, so I I make everyone use a calendar. But she put down every single day. She had 1,700 calories, 2,000 calories, 1,800 calories, you know, 1,500 calories. No point in time did she ever was like, oh, I only can eat 1,200 calories. And what what did this do? In the 30 days, she only went over her calorie limit two days. That's why she saw results because she stuck to her plan with amazing consistency. 
not because she kept trying to do some 1200 calorie diet that is just stupid and not sustainable. She was able to get a plan, stick to it because it was consistent and she could be consistent and sustainable with it. And she saw amazing results. But so many people try to find these over-restrictive diets where they just want to lose the weight as fast as possible. Stop doing that. Slow down. Like, And again, this person, she did not do anything crazy. Her, her, her food log will show it. She had, again, 2,000 calories, 1,700 calories, 1,800 calories, 1,600 calories. Like She was consistent with staying under her calorie limit, and she saw amazing results. So that's my kind of thoughts on how to not feel so guilty when you go off track with your diet. And, and again... I say this all the time, but nobody ever got skinny from one salad and no, ever, no, nobody ever got fat from eating too many calories one night. It's what you do over a long period of time that counts. Like, like the last lady I was, just, I was just telling you about, and again, hopefully she comes on the podcast, but she, she had two days where she went over her calories. If she would have let those two days completely throw her off track, she would not have lost 14 pounds in a month. Like that just would not have happened because she would have just not – she just got right back on track. Like it wasn't a big deal. She's like, okay, let's just keep going. And, and, I, and I urge you to just just do that. It's not that big of a deal. Just just keep going. So those are my thoughts on that. Um, and the last one, how much weight should you be lifting when you go to work out? And I wrote an entire article on this. I'm going to link it here in the show notes if you want to go read that. But the short and sweet of it is if you are doing a set of 10 reps on squats, if you, if you are doing a set of 10 reps on squats and those last two to three reps – are not getting really challenging. You're not like, you know, leg shaking. You're not like really challenging yourself. You're not lifting heavy enough weights. And or you're not doing something whether it's heavy enough weights. If you don't have access to heavier weights, then, you know, you can do other techniques, but you need to make sure that the last 2 to 3 reps of every set you do, and again, every working set you do, not warm-up sets, every working set you do, those are fucking hard. Like those are my, – my, my pal Jordan Syatt has a saying and it's weightlifting is not supposed to tickle. And what that basically means is like it's supposed to be hard. Like you're supposed to challenge yourself. Those last two to three reps, those are supposed to be hard reps because you know what? Like those last two to three reps, that's where your body changes. The first – if you're doing a set of ten, the first seven or eight reps – that that doesn't make any change in your body. Your body's used to that. It's not that big of a deal. Like it, it can handle that. And again, all this is about creating a stress on your body that your body has to adapt to. So if you're doing those those sets where you never actually really challenge yourself, well, you're never actually putting a stress on your body. Your body has not seen yet, so it's not gonna change because you're you're not providing a great enough stress for your body to adapt to, right? So what I would do is you you have to. If, if you're doing a set of 10 reps and you get through those 10 reps, you were like, okay, I, I probably could have done three or four more, your, your body's not going to change. It is, it, it's just not going to change. It's just the bottom line. So you need to up your weights or find a way to make it harder to where you can say, hey, those last two to three reps, like, I didn't know if I was going to finish that set. Like, yeah, I was getting pretty close to failure. Like, so if you're not doing that, you you need to, that that's that's the most simplest way I can put this. I can't tell you exactly how much weight you should be lifting. There's no calculation. What I can say is, the last two to three reps of every single set, you need to, every single working set, you need to make sure that you are pushing yourself enough to see change. And if and if you get done that set and you're talking the whole set and like and this is what really grinds my gears. If you're like talking the whole set, like if you're talking or laughing during a workout. I don't want to say workout shouldn't be fun, but like, and talking about like lifting weights in particular during a set, if you're like laughing during a set, 
you can do like 20 more reps because it's just not it's just simply not that hard if, if you get done the if you get done that set and you can like you know hold a conversation or have a coffee like no, your body's just not going to change. That's just the bottom line. So, um, yeah, that, that's again. I'm going to link the article here for the. I, again, I, I wrote it, so I think it's a pretty good article. But uh, I'm going to link that article if you want to go read that. It, it goes a bit more in depth, and like there are some like kind of numbers and stuff. But uh, yeah, I'll link that here in the show notes. But other than that, guys, that was my Q and A for today. Um, I'm gonna again, hopefully. Hopefully one of these a week, maybe we'll see. Um, but I, I do enjoy, I do enjoy doing them. I do enjoy getting your questions. And uh, yeah, if, if you enjoyed the show, feel free to leave an, uh, a, a review on the iTunes uh, comment or review section or whatever it is. Um, again, that just helps me reach more people. It like ranks the show higher or something. I don't know. I, I really actually don't know. I just kind of heard that from different people. So uh, yeah, if you want to go leave a review and a comment, like please feel free. That would totally help me out. Um, other than that, thank you so much, guys, and we'll talk soon.